This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to the DLR Cast, the podcast by and for fans of the Diamond One. Diamond David Lee Roth. I'm Steve, along with my good friend Darren Paltowitz. And if you're wondering, didn't I, we just get a new episode right before Christmas? And now it's the day after Christmas and we've got another new episode. Wonder no more, because here we are for very good reason that we are back ostensibly almost live on the air on a Monday night after, on the day after Christmas. Hi, Darren. Hey. <laughs> Let's tell folks. Speak. You know, the, the funny thing about this is I'm not a morning person, never been a morning person. So I get my first message today from one of our listeners. I think it was Darren McGuire or it was Eric Stangeland. Somebody messaged me something like, like, cool, there's a new uh, Roth show episode. And I, and I just wrote, oh, yeah, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for the support. No pressure to listen. <laughs> and must have thought I was a dope. And then a second one came in a little later. Like, hey, new Roth episode. Awesome. I went, what? <laughs> so that's this morning. You When you sent me a screenshot, well, first off, what came first? I think first you alerted me to the fact that Yet another Van Halen cover released, and that yeah. is a version we'll talk about. We'll talk about as part of this. Everybody wants some. Yeah. And then after that, here comes the Roth Show, episode one. The screenshot says, "I go to look for it. It's gone. Yes. I can't find it anywhere. I can't find it on YouTube. I can't find it on my various Player FM, Spotify. Can't find it anywhere." You and I are trading messages saying, "Well, we should do an episode about this because what the fuck is going on?" Yeah. Then you end up getting it because it came. It's you, first off, you said I think someone had a recording of it, but lo and behold, a few hours later, it's back up everywhere on all the services. Yeah, Eric kindly digitized it for us, and then I had that inner dilemma. I went, "Why did he take it down? Is this Roth with technical problems, which does happen? Sure, is this Roth teasing it to get people talking of? Oh, what's he up to?" Did he hear something in the mix? Did he want it fixed? I didn't know, but I was getting ready to text you with a personal deadline going, Steve, um, if it doesn't go back up, we're putting it out. We're putting it on the YouTube channel. <laughs> yes, yes. It's time to get sued by Dave. <laughs> I was really close, but luckily we don't have to go there. Uh, so, that's a long story short. So Eric did the kindest deed for us and recorded it. And then a little while after Eric, that happened, This would be Eric. Eric Stangeland, who's had of course. You and I both right. on his wonderful podcast. Mixtapes. That's correct. Yes. Great dude. Loyal awesome. supporter of our, of our show. A couple of other people. I mentioned Darren McGuire. He offered to help out with that. And in the midst of all that, I was talking to my inside sources and I was going, do you know anything about this? Because it was pulled and they went, sounds about right. In meaning, <laughs> meaning I don't think they have a lot of faith in the in, inner workings of the tech on the camp because here we are, it's out on Apple and Spotify, but last time I checked, it wasn't on YouTube. It wasn't on his website, et cetera. Yeah. And it's, well, it, well no, it is on, it is on Roth.com, davidleeroth.com forward slash the hyphen, Roth hyphen show. So it is on there. And it's so funny because it says the Roth show episode one, right below that is episode number 27 and then 26, <laughs> 25. Uh, yeah. so, and if you remember the Roth show stopped right before 
the cancellation, I think early January uh, 2021, right before the show. And then we it just disappeared. So the if you haven't heard it, we'll get into the content of a bit. But it's very similar to the way it left off before with Podcast Tom as yeah. kind of the, I wouldn't even, sort of, kind of, sort of co-host. Yeah. Um, and... But first, let's get first. Let's get to the fact that when we get to the podcast, the podcast talks about this. So I guess maybe it was the design. It was by design for it to both be released the same day. But the next Van Halen cover, because that's what they are, David Lee Roth covering his covering Van Halen is yeah. everybody wants some. To which, once again, <laughs> you listen once or twice, and you go, "Okay, Dave." It's fair to say it's a bit disappointing. Now, here's the interest. Well, a couple of interesting. One, no knock on the musician. This is the same band from yes. Henson Studios, the band that went in. Uh, as Dave said on the on the on the podcast, sixty rehears sixty rehearsals for one show. The recordings all one take. The instrumental is all one take. And then Dave later said he did about three takes and chose the best one or chose bits and pieces of the best one for his vocal. Out of all the Van Halen songs that we've seen so far that were covers, this is number four. This one, I guess, is the departures the most, but only because it's just so slowed down. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a half step. It's a half step slower. It sounds like with it's basically the, one of the most punchiest Van Halen songs uh, ever, lacking the punch. I'm with you. It's uh, very odd. Mrs. Paltrowitz lived, uh, listened to the song. She loves the song because it's in Better Off Dead more sure, than. Sure, yeah, absolutely. A, a Van I, want my two, I want my $2. <laughs> exactly. I want she, my $2. She heard it when it's slower than the original, and she's not the Van Halen diehard. So if she heard it, granted, she did go to music school, but yeah, it is noticeably slower and it does lack the punch. And one of the reasons I think it lacks the punch is because this is one of those like extended live songs where he dances a little bit and he talks at the crowd a little bit and he uses his references and there's improv going on. And these live in the studio things, quote unquote, don't have a crowd. It's missing something. Right. But it's also missing. I mean, it's just the recordings are just, oh God. The tones, ge- just yeah. be, don't be so nice, Steve. The no, I'm trying to think of the right word. It sounds kind of generic. It's, yeah. it's, it's an off the shelf drum kit. It's, I mean, you know, Al Strada, Al Strada occasionally, you know, he, he hits that Eddie, that Eddie tone, which a number of guitarists would Dave certainly have when neat, you know, uh, when doing those Van Halen so- songs. Um, and, but yeah, it's just, again, it breaks the first question. And as I said to you earlier, we were texting, what's the point yeah. here? It's maddening. If the, It's yeah. not going to make anybody forget the original. Nothing is ever going to improve on the original. Yeah, it's... There's no it, point to it. There's no point to it because if you can do an A-B comparison of the original which Dave recorded in his mid to late 20s in peak form and Eddie in peak form in his mid to late 20s. And now you can hear 68-year-old Dave. Right. Well, but here's the here's the funny thing. Another irony about all this, I guess, for lack of a better word, is in fact, I was just thinking back to that, the, what is it, the Helsinki show that, that, oh, that yeah. you love so much where that band is just on fire. He's on fire. Over the years, we have heard Dave live and seen him live how many times? He, of yeah. course, the set list is mostly Van Halen covers. It's higher energy. 
It's rocking. It's of course you have it's live with a crowd, but this is just it's almost like throttled back a bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna release Van Halen covers, surely you got soundboard tapes you can clean up from from the hundreds of shows you've done over the last you know solo shows uh, from the last 20, 30 years. Um, you know, certainly, of course, any everybody would love to hear actual officially released live version of those songs with Edom and Smile Band. If you're going to go that route, I, it, this reminds me in a weird way, uh, similar to when uh, Kiss put out the Sonic Boom album, mm-hmm. there was a separate disc of all greatest hits, but recorded by that lineup, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, yes. Eric Singer, and Tommy Thayer. They're serviceable. They're fine. But they but they really don't depart from the original tempo at all like these do. And again, my question is, I mean, well. We know what the point is if you're actually going to use this stuff other than for your own shits and giggles posting it up there. Very often you re-record this stuff so you can get the royalties when you put yeah. it into a, you know, a TV commercial or a video game, whatever might have you, versus licensing the more expensive original one. But that's not going to happen with these songs, that, I bet. That's not going to happen. Every now and then you'd see something. I don't know if we ever talked about this on the air, but in the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, right. there's, there's a rat round and round cover yeah. Stephen Piercy's solo band. It's just so in the background you'd never hear it. But I can't imagine any independent music supervisor going like, oh, it's only 15 grand to, to use this instead of 35? Let's use that. And Dave is not going to go cheaper on it. Dave is notoriously has turned down so many usages over the years. Like just right. we, we know about the Beverly Hills 90210 theme offer for just like paradise we know that slam dunk was offered for armageddon he's turned down so many things so it's it's not for licensing well before we get into the podcast episode let's go back a little bit and uh, give ourselves some pat on the back because we were both (laughs) basically predicting this in the pre-christmas episode what was going to be our year-end episode are you what we call our holiday spectacular on ice for god's sake yeah and what do we say when we were speculating at the end who the hell knows what's gonna happen i think we both kind of agreed wouldn't it be great if the roth show came back and started putting out this (laughs) new music well we got half of it we got the roth show back but not put, well, I guess new versions of these songs. So in a weird way, I mean, we kind of predicted this for, for yeah. all intents and purposes. So what are we complaining about? We got what we wanted. We got a new Roth show episode. We we sort of. And let's get into that. Because it, if you think the Roth show episode was reinvented, it it's 25, 26 minutes of, uh, of um, you know, stream of consciousness, meandering stories. It went all over the place. Um, what we, I, there, I've got a bunch of highlights from it as I was listening on it. And of course, I, I guess you could say this is kind of a companion and corresponding to the covers that he's releasing because he does talk a little bit about the covers It's yeah. a, and how he got into it and talking about it raised a few, I raised my eyebrows once or twice. Yeah. You and I had the same first comment i i thought it was really <laughs> funny that you picked up on that too you heard the reference that he made to, to about rust the dog and you went oh it's old it's old yes it's old. he said well we're at the mojo dojo in pasadena i got russell the dog and i'm like russell died 10 years ago yeah so 
I thought immediately, oh, this is old. Because when he was talking about Kanye, what do you mind that I launched right into it? No, go, please. When he was talking about Kanye West, he's going, he's a billionaire. Da, 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 da. If you've been following the current events of Kanye West's down. <laughs> Kanye's lost a billion. <laughs> yeah, he's not a billionaire. So I was hearing that and going, is this just coincidental that he's talking about the Dave, uh, about the Kanye West stuff? But then he, he referenced the death con for thing that Kanye said. Right. So then you go, okay, so this was taped within the last six weeks or eight weeks, but maybe not last week. For a second there, I thought it was going to go overtly political uh, or discussing more current events as far as, I mean, Dave's Jewish. Kanye got into a lot of trouble recently and for good reason for basically going, eh, that guy with the mustache wasn't so bad. Yeah. Jews control everything, you know. And by the way, if the Jews do control everything, I don't know why you and I are doing this podcast then, for goodness sakes. Uh, and I don't know why I'm doing on a $25 microphone. I'm still waiting for my, I'm still waiting for, you know, is this yeah. a W9 situation? How do I get paid, for goodness sakes, right? Um, yeah. But, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's a little side note there. But he really started talking a lot about current artists. I heard he had some takes on Kendrick Lamar. He yeah. mentioned Lizzo, mentioned Bad Bunny, uh, Kanye. Uh, well, he was talking about Nile Rodgers for a minute there. Uh, and there was yeah. some reminiscing about back in the day. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, the, let's face it, for most of these podcast episodes, the first question that comes to mind is, where is he going with this? <laughs> in a, yeah. lot, in a yeah. lot of these episodes. It started off, I, I'm doing this in memory because I only listened once. The first thing he referenced was LL Cool J listening to his Rock the Bells thing. And then somehow that got to that he liked 50 Cent. And somehow that like that got to Kanye. And somehow that led to Nile Rodgers. And some... <laughs> okay, well, what really... But somehow in the midst of all that, I think it was the first 10 minutes, he started talking about Jump. Yeah, hearing jump for the first time, and he said out loud, "I really miss Eddie." It was the it was better. Uh, God, I wish I took this part. What did he say? It was better than any relationship he was ever in. He's yeah. He drew. I really miss Ed. Walt Disney said that the best relationship that he ever had was Mickey Mouse, and how that relates to him, where Eddie was the best relationship he ever had, which. I'm going to take huge, huge issue with that. If Be that's the best relationship you've ever had. Yeah, because if you, in slowly putting together the manuscript of my book, when you listen to Dave on Howard Stern in 98, I think it was, when he's pushing the DLR band album and Van Halen has Van Halen 3, what he says about Eddie right there is not the nicest stuff. What he says about Eddie in the 1991 appearance on Howard Stern, also not that nice. So you go, okay, he says that Van Halen was contentious from, it was an awful relationship from day one. But let's just say they were cool until, with each other until 84. Because, you know, everything broke down in 85. They didn't seem to patch it up permanently again until 2007. So they were on the outs so many more years than they were on the ins, if you can even call it that they were on the ins. Because this one interview that I did, and I'm going to give you the floor back in a second. Um, one of the last interviews Eddie did, he said about Dave, I don't know why he doesn't want to be my friend. Do you remember that comment? Yeah, yep. And now all these 
things that we're hearing towards the end of Eddie going, well, we do another album, but one of us doesn't listen to rock music. Right. So you're going, if that's the best relationship. I mean, I think, I I think like with so many people, there's going to be, after someone passes, going to be some revisionist history. You're going to look primarily on the good times. And I mean, clearly a lot of things went right because they delivered, between the two of them because they delivered this amazing body of music that's never been equaled and i know at least for the reunion 2007 through different kind of truth i mean most of the press that i saw for (laughs) however that got all put together and i would love to really hear the inside scoop from direct from irving azov or somebody that yeah and when and realize too that we know that a lot of a different kind of truth was at least the demos of it was first recorded before 2007. Yes, as we know from one of our previous guests. So what? But we know they were all getting along enough, and it was talked about in the press that they were getting along and direct from Eddie several times. You know that yeah. they've enjoyed hanging out, and so it was clearly better. So listen. I mean, I love the fact that he actually said, I really miss Ed. It was very heartfelt and sincere to my ears. And it's and it's the first time I think we've heard him say something like that since Ed's death. Yes. Okay. yeah, I will absolutely give you that. That's the first public thing we got because the Rogan interviews, he didn't talk about Eddie. He did not on the VMA's red carpet. We heard how he felt about the Real Housewives of park city but we didn't right san halen and we we've heard a few times how he feels about vegas but maybe the topic of eddie specifically never came up towards the end of eddie's life the last few years when he did his press uh press blitz to plug ink the original he was more emphasizing that the van halens and him could never have dinner together right i mean it, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's revisionist history. He can he can miss him. I don't fault him for that. But calling it the best relationship that he's had, like really, they were at odds so many years, and, right. and that's without going into like what was said in his book or them traveling separately on all these reunion tours. And but even in the and and they're not the first band to do that either. But even in the very best of times. Pre-1984, leading up in 84, I mean, there was always a very, <laughs> very, I mean, that's, they've, they've, they've said it, David said it publicly. I mean, that's that friction between them that was always there. Yeah. I mean, Eddie always, Eddie and Alex, and I think when you say Eddie, you also have to lump in Alex because that pretty much follows. Yes. Uh, and for the most part, although it always sounds like, it's it always sounds to me that Eddie's, uh Dave stayed closer with Alex than he yes. did. I mean, with Alex than he did Eddie. Um, yes. But there was always that friction there from day one, I think. So yeah, that's that's true. Yet the narrative that he's told, which he's kind of contradicted himself on, is that his first attempted reunion with the band in '96 that came through Dave directly calling Ed, and that Alex didn't know that. Dave was going to be there, nor did Michael Anthony. I don't know if that's. I can't believe as close as Eddie and Alex were that Eddie would a keep that intentionally from Alex. Yeah. I mean, and B or just, or forgot to tell him, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I get the vibe that Alex did run the business because when you find out that uh, was it Ray Daniels was his brother-in-law? I think so. So he basically chose management because he was the liaison. We Michael Anthony was not managing the band. No. We know, we know for a fact that Eddie was not managing the band because he was the creative guy. He sure. was the ace and the creative guy. So it would, would have been between Sammy and Eddie, but weren't there parts of Van Halen where Sammy and Van Halen had separate management? I oh Boy, I think you're right. And, well, the man... Uh, what was the story? Who died? And then they brought in another manager that Sammy did not like at all. I, I, I can't remember the, the whole okay, scope of it all. Ray Daniels replaced Ed Leffler, who was Alex's brother-in-law. We might have those names reversed. And we apologize. Let us yeah, know. Ray Daniels, it's all out there. I can't remember. It was a bit of a twisted tale. Ray Daniels, legendary manager of Rush. Right. And, yeah, And other groups. Yeah. 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 And I'm I'm pretty sure it was that Ed Leffler died, and that was Alex's brother-in-law. And then Ray Daniels took over and renegotiated all their deals, which is hence the Deep Throat Dave interview from Dave and Dave Unchained, talking about how that's what made Roth rich again, that they renegotiated the deals. But then that contradicts something that Dave said like four years ago, where he said, like, I just got my first big royalty check from a record company which contradicts something that he said on this radio episode <laughs> where he's talking about how he makes nothing from spotify and from the labels so there's a different kind of truth in 2022 still yeah a lot of shades is going on there so getting back to the the podcast episode um so after a discussion about something called off-road roller skating, he did segue into the oh Van my, Halen covers. Oh, my God. No, no, Steve. We need to talk about that. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> How much he was talking about roller skating. I don't believe that for a second that he's all the time skating and then getting lost and calls the hotel to pick him up. That's what a tour manager would do or a crewman. <laughs> what is that? Oh, sorry. You're right. Back to you. Sorry. No, that's... <laughs> You believe that? Because I do. I think that happened once, and he's using it as an example. Because after that would happen, the tour manager would go, you are on your roller skates. You're not going into town without your handler. There's such a liability there. The guy cracks his head open three hours before <laughs> showtime because he's fucking around on roller skates. There goes our guarantee. There goes everything. Yeah. And, and he's 40 minutes from the hotel on roller skates. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Dave, that's not a tall tale. <laughs> that happens all the time. You're right. Back to you, Steve. Oh, so, okay. Well, what I found humorous about all this was he said he called it the Starbucks question. One, what's your band? The question he gets all the time in Starbucks. One, what's your band sound like? Two, how's your voice? Three, are you still skinny? And so when he talked about doing these, he, it, I, I actually rewound it a couple of times. I'm like, okay, somehow he went from employing EDM technology yes. and recording with vintage gear so and then these recordings sound quote fatter and just more fuller i guess is what he was getting at and i'm like mm, no they don't edm technology what i'm not i'm not sure so he later gets Pro but, tools? He, but he does get into what i mentioned <laughs> earlier that there was 60 rehearsals for one show for new year's and and uh 
the instrumental portion of all these songs, it's it's one take, recorded, done, and then Dave does three takes for the vocals. And he mentioned Henson Studios a lot. Obviously, it was all recorded at Henson Studios. And yes. the first screenshot I saw of the song somewhere mentions Henson Studios. May you know, and the guys are listed on it. Um, and so yeah, he talks about that for a bit. I wish he mentioned the guys that are on the band <laughs> that are that are playing in there. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, and then he gets into, and again, it's kind of tough to follow. He gets into that. He's got some toe injuries, taking hillbilly heroin, a.k.a. codeine, I guess. And I think he mixed up that metaphor, too. Uh, and then he said he's 68 going on 90. That act, that part jibes, because the <laughs> yeah. of the Crazy from the Heat memoir from 97 is about how he's in pain all the time, how his body feels all the injuries. So that's one of the only consistent things right. we've got Dave. When he started talking about his toe, I thought suddenly he was going to say he had gout. And then I was like, I'm just going to have to turn this off right here. But I didn't really catch it. He break a toe. I mean, I, he has some sort of toe injury and it sounded recent because he was talking about, you know, a couple nights ago or something. So all this, this, this episode sounds like it could have been recorded within the last three or four days. Okay. I mean, he, didn't, he didn't mention the holidays though, did he? I can't. He did. He did not. a bit. No. He did not, but something- it's only 25 minutes. But you know, yeah. there's there's segues into segues, and then there's the little, um, like almost like he was going to Raw show, we'll be chasing on roller skates or whatever he said, you know. And so, he, there's the you know, the little announcements inter- interspersed into uh, the various segues here. Well, about the injury part, you know. Sort of hearsay, but this came from a person that was on Van Halen's crew and Dave's crew for years. So he was around it. He said that we think of Dave as this athletic guy, which he was and is, but they said that he was also super clumsy. That, like, this isn't a person that has any beef with him. This is a person directly working with him. They said, like, smashing your car into light poles and, like, <laughs> tripping a lot. Like, he wouldn't want that out there, but he he's clumsy. And then at first you go, ha, 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 he's clumsy. Well, Jimmy Kimmel live performance. Remember, hit himself in yes, the nose there. Not, okay. I think that's a three. Hit himself in the nose there. You remember the missing tooth on the Rogan appearance? Yes. I think that he's injury prone because he's always super physical. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, from mountain climbing to canoeing to roller skating off-road roller skating whatever that is we know he was a big we know from uh geez well we know was was it from the graphic novel i mean he's a and well even before that he's really he's really been into biking yes he's talked about that a lot um so yeah he his life is a full contact sport for dave that might be a quote that might be a quote for, from dave i'm not sure i think yeah. so and, and i once asked somebody who worked with him on and off for a few years about something about his house because I wasn't, I promise this is not creepy research. I was just trying to see if something was true. And that person said, Oh, you know why he's in such good shape, right? And I said, No, why? And she goes, Because uh, he's always moving. He's always moving around. You see how in those dance studio things, there's no furniture. He's always moving. He has the stuff going, so he's always moving. Well, if somebody's always moving, the probability of them getting injured is 
a little higher. And one of the main chapters from his book, one of the earlier ones, is when he broke his nose, I think, in Italy, uh, jumping off the riser and smashing it on the disco ball that he didn't realize that was there. So, right. Statistically, you know, his big injuries seem to be once every two to three years. But on Rogan, he did mention shoulder surgery. So who yeah. knows how many surgeries he's had. He did say over knee, he's had knee surgery, back yeah. surgery, a lot of back issues, right? Yeah, but he's still in incredible shape, but um high risk maneuvers to use a wrestling term. Exactly. So, I mean we got some activity, which is good. I'm happy to have it. Hey, unless anybody thinks this is all slagging all the time. No, well, I mean no. But we we have every right to be a bit critical. That's what fans are. Uh, it's it's. I don't think we're that negative about. It. I am thrilled. I my first thought when I listen. I'm di- I want new music. I want something I haven't heard before. I just I just think the idea of Van Halen covers it to my mind makes no sense. It's asking the yeah. question that nobody's asked. Answering the question that nobody's asked. Right. One hundred percent agreed. Same page. Solidarity right there. But I don't fa- need to be overly negative. Just picking a, apart a couple of things here and there. It's great to see Dave's back. Absolutely. And he even mentioned the world's shortest retirement in the podcast. I'm hoping maybe there's some live shows. But as we talked pre- previously, I only want to see a live show if it's if it's I get it. He's not going to be playing like he's 38. He's 68. But I also don't want him to be up there like he's 88. You get what I'm saying? I mean, I, if, if if he's going to go back out there, he has to be able to do it physically, yeah. vocally. And again, I think the vocals are fine. We know he's not going to be hitting the, hitting what he was hitting when he was 25, 30 years old. Nobody's expecting that. If if you are expecting that, you're a fool. Yeah. And but so I mean, for what this is, again, they're fine. They're okay. But. You want more than that, and at a time where time you can say is precious and short, why are you de- why are you bothering with this? Especially yeah. when you had, especially as we mentioned before, you've got tracks out from what from every and they all sound amazing to my ears from the John Five sessions. Yeah, for for me with the live shows, it echoes what you're saying. I think that. You could take any artist and figure out what their strengths and their weaknesses are, and then you could build an entire show around those strengths. So, like, random example, but Solomon Burke had some health problems in the last, you know, 10 years. Did he pass, like, three, four years ago? I think so. Okay, but he was sitting on a throne, and so he was sitting down while he's performing. And to some people, they go, how disrespectful is that? And then other people go, wait, you know what? He's pretending like he's the king. The king sits on his throne. He looks cool. It looks convincing. It's the gimmick. It's the character. Let him do it. With Dave, if he's trying to do the arena-style Van Halen show, no, it will be embarrassing. But if he says something like, I'm going to do a bunch of stuff from throughout my career and some of it's acoustic and some of it has dancers. We're not going to tell you what you're going to see. He could mask around the weaknesses and just put, put together an interesting variety show. An now, evening with David Lee, like we spoke about yes. before, right? Befitting 
what would be the location, assuming Las Vegas and really yeah. harking back to the stuff that we all know, because he said all the time that he loves. Yeah. I'm, and do, and we know, I was just thinking, I, um, I caught part of this just surfing around the other day and I, and, um, but the, um, what song he does acoustic in the no holds barbecue with the, yes yeah yes and that is just a it's acoustic it's so different yeah. and when he's taking those chances with some arrangements that's why i would have applauded these van halen songs if they were really complete 180 if the, do you get what I'm saying? If they were stylistically a lot different, not that every one of them has to be different, but reinvent one. I mean, Lord, well, shoot, he did the David Lee Roth bluegrass album, whatever, whatever that was. But yeah, that that that's not <laughs> the easiest to to go through. But no, but I mean, I'm not saying every song, but if you take a couple chances, and on some of the other songs, the endings are a little bit different, yeah. and. But it all lends. It's I just keep getting back to the bigger issue, and that is, what's the point? Why? Why? Yeah, he's a performer who likes to perform, but I'm still not convinced that when he tracked this, that he went, I'm going to put this out one day. I think it was an archival internal project of, well, the band rehearsed, might as well document this because I'm retired. And right. Then, and then he. And, and I think retired day, or not, he would have maybe, I mean, he's, he, he, I mean, he thinks it sounds great. It, they do sound good. I'm not saying they don't. I mean, I, he might have recordings of some of the other of other bands that he's put together. Oh, 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 for no sure. doubt. So, this, so him recording all this could be the mo for every solo band. That is definitely a possibility. Uh, I mean, these are kind of cleaned up. I mean, they're not. I don't want to say they're not release worthy, but. There and I'm not going to tell you I've got enough audiophile experience or ears to say oh they could it, they're mixed differently or or whatever. But I mean they don't necessarily sound like something that you're going to put out on an album as part of an album. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they're kind of flat. They're kind of the sound is just it doesn't have a big sound to my ears. At best, this is a bonus disc for buying the thing on the album on the day it comes out, or this is the download code bonus tracks. But in this day and age, when you put out a thing as a standalone track on Spotify, it literally stands out as its own release. It's calling attention to it. Right. And the way that Spotify does things, it doesn't automatically merge it with the album. So the most recent, if you go, I want to listen to David Lee Roth, it'll say, you know, the, his top five singles. You can open it up so it says the top 10 things. But then underneath it is going to be this. Right. Individual tracks. Yeah. And it's not a good look, man. I, It's just not a good look. Now, I think just like Paradise Live would be a good look. Because even if it's just audio, just like Paradise Live from any of his world tours, any city on it, you would go, wow, the energy's there. He sounds great. <laughs> I, and the other thing, too, is I would you know what I would applaud to? Because he has largely forsaken his solo music, his solo. But that's yeah. part. That's one of the reasons why that's the first reason why we started this podcast. I mean, yeah. we like his solo stuff. Go back in and record 
any of those tunes with this band from any of the albums. Why not? Yeah, what the people that I and saw- then released that, and I will go fuck yeah. You know what? Listen, this version of Ladies Night in Buffalo is isn't as good as the first one, but Bravo, it's different. It's a little take. It's a different take. I applaud it. It's it's fine. Give me another version of I don't know Hammerhead Shark or something or uh, something. I mean, t- yeah. To my ears, it's almost impossible. Same the first two Dave albums, Skyscraper and Eat Him and Smile. Just like Van Halen, I don't think you can replicate that with with another. You can, you can try, but especially skyscraper where it's just so layered. I mean, yeah. it's either Steve Vai or bust for that thing, for that stuff. Arguably, yeah. But you know, going back to these musicians, what I've heard from multiple musicians that he's played with over the last five years, Dave is going, well, what do you want to play? You know, opening the door and they'd say, we want to play Tobacco Road. He wasn't doing Tobacco Road as far as I remember these Vegas shows. Right. So they were open to playing deep cuts and stuff. And I guess at a certain point, Dave went, the fans want the hits. I'm doing the hits. But he's been doing the hits for ages. The mind blower for me looking back on it was the fact that Big Train, a track from Your Filthy Little Mouth, made into the set list, for goodness sake. Yeah, great, great song. Great um, song. What a I surprise. More than 4% of the fan base was clamoring for, for Big Train and then Yankee Rose to be cut out or going crazy to be cut out. Right, right. Or the title track to Skyscraper or... Or A Little Ain't Enough. People yeah. know that song. That was a decent... That was his last kind of... Yeah. That was his last song that got any sort of play on rock radio where, any, where a video got some play. Stand Up was also a music video and a proper single. Right, from Skyscraper, the album before that. Yeah, so I mean... Slam Dunk was a proper single. It didn't have a music video, but it had a proper radio. Oh, yeah, excuse me. That was probably, (laughs) radio-wise, as big a hit as A Little Ain't Enough. Yeah, so you have all these songs that get cut in place for Big Train. So it's it's all the favorites and Big Train. And that was a bit puzzling to to some people. Hey, you can't make everyone happy, but... I do think, without sounding like a broken record, a Dave live show, if they figure out the pros and cons and he'll take some advice, it could be great as long as it's not, hey, let's get him singing the high stuff for 100 minutes. No. If they put in, like, video screens and they make lighting, I don't remember them doing anything special with the visuals for the Vegas show's that I saw and most of the artists of his ilk, they realize, Oh, we can keep people's eyes on the stage more, but not on the artist. If we do visuals. Right. Right. All right. To wrap this up. Yeah. Does this little flurry of activity, another Van Halen cover, the Roth show. So the moribund Roth show suddenly resurrected with one episode. Does this change our prediction for 2023? That if I if I remember correctly, we both landed on we're not he's not gonna play live next year. You were saying he's not playing live in twenty twenty three. I was. You you, uh, you held out hope. <laughs> I I think he is. Now I don't think it's gonna be a Van Halen tribute. I don't think it's going to be a fifty city tour, but I think that something is coming. But it's not clear if it's just two songs or a corporate gig 
or a tribute show or a Grammy medley because they're giving an, an, an achievement award. But something I think is going to happen, not not just based on hearing rumblings, because I debunked the New York City residency. That's, right. that's crazy talk. If Weezer can't do a residency, David Lee Roth cannot do a residency. No, but... <laughs> I'll tell you uh, what he could do real he he can do really good business doing uh twice a year dates in Vegas I mean four nights a four night stand uh, technically I gave him it's not a residency let's say and then you know where he could really clean up and and I wouldn't want to see it don't but, say Branson don't say Branson. no I'm not saying Branson but he could <laughs> but fly you know like the way a lot of artists are doing fly-in dates in the casinos yeah I, oh, I, does the, it weaken the brand a bit? I mean, everybody else is doing it. If Van Halen was suddenly doing casinos now, if, I would be like, oh my God, I would just be horrified. But Sammy does them. Every band's doing them. They right. pay, they have big guarantees. It's an easy show. You fly in and out, and the, the back line's there, and you're good to go. The, the main reason that I think that we are going to see David Lee Roth live in 2023 is when you look at the the two or three years on, two or three years off that he was doing. And when I interviewed Jake Fawn, who played guitar in the band, he did the Kiss Dates, like the Minneapolis show that you saw. Right. He told me, oh, no, this was going to be a two-year tour. Uh, we were going to go to the UK and do festivals, and we we're going to do this and this and this and this. I don't think that you could take the world traveler out of Dave. I think he's missing traveling the world. Um, as much as, as it is work for him, we have heard that when he's on the road, like he doesn't get to the venue and spend all day there. He's surfing or he's at the beach or apparently roller skating. Roller skating, taking in the local sights, sights and sounds and colors, right? I mean... Yeah, I think he's dying to do that again and he uses touring as the excuse to do that that's what i think well i hope you're i'm wrong i hope you're right at the age of 68 you got to do it sooner than later and i think that everybody from his band has learned to get gainful employment outside of david lee roth's occasional calls to the henson compound but I think that all of them are going, yeah, we'll, we'll tour with Dave. We're ready. He still has a band, in other words. Like, none of them have a full-time gig that I'm aware of with another artist that they're under retainer and therefore they can't do a Dave tour. So he still has a well-rehearsed band in place that is sharing the social media posts of these new recordings, if you catch Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... It's not like he's uh, gone, they're out of the band, F them, and he has to re-break in a new band. The band is there. Right. The management is there. The booking agent is still there. The interest is still there from Vegas. It's just, does Dave want to do this or not? And I think the answer is yes. Well, all right. Well, here's to you being right. I hope you are. <laughs> I want to see something. I want to, I, And let's hope this we don't go another year, two years without another Roth show episode. I mean, in a, it's what better way to help. I mean, podcast, as you know, <laughs> as we know podcast, I mean, it is a, I wish more artists were doing their own podcasts. 
I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I think when a lot of these bands finally can't tour anymore and they're sitting at home and they got stories to tell. Oh man, what a great podcast. If you can, if you can, if you can reel them in and get some direction and even maybe it's a, can you imagine this is my idea? I love coming up with ideas. Right. But, and you know, how there's short form, there's short limited, limited episode podcasts, right? I mean, they, uh, let's say Sammy does 10 episodes of being in Van Halen. He cover and and each he yeah. covers each album specific, specifically about the album. It's all inside stuff. I mean, I would listen to any of my favorite artists, provided that it's not a meandering sort of thing. But but listen, if that works for Dave, it works for Dave. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. I listen to every single episode. It can be kind of challenging. But do you get what I'm saying? I mean, so in other words, if you're going to promote yourself, whether it's the music, the brand, or whatever have you, and clearly he likes talking. I'm all I was always surprised both times when the original podcast, which I loved, which with all the video and it had, uh, yeah. it had some really a lot of different production stuff going on with it. And then the second version of the Roth show, um, each time they disappeared, I was really disappointed. It's cool to see that Dave is still Dave. Yeah, he, that that's great to see that COVID did not just shake him up into being a different person like it did a lot of performers dave is still dave for better and for worse and if more episodes come we have infinite fodder indeed we do <laughs> so steve thank you for doing this emergency <laughs> session after the year-end holiday spectacular all right well the odds are good this is going to be it right it's the 26th I am so hoping that we don't get a Janie's uh, Jamie's crying uh, re-record on the 31st. On the 31st. Well, all right. Well, if, if that's the case, let's resolve to do it after the new year. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to reach out to people uh, that I, that I know relate to it and go, okay, did you record hot for teacher? Okay. Did you record <laughs> finding out which one, which other ones they did, but I guess we'll just wait and see. As we, as we will. And, and we will be here. Exactly. Well, nothing but yeah. Thanks for your patience and thanks to everyone who tips us off to these things and listens. Our boots are David Lee Roth boots on the ground. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Cheers.